It's about the inability to play both sides. You know, in Second uh, Corinthians in chapter 6, the Lord tells us that we're supposed to come out from among them and be separate. He says, come out from among them. He says in 2 Corinthians in chapter 6, verse 14, he says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters to me. You shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. So it's, once we get saved, we, we are separated from the world. It's like Ephesians, um, it's like Colossians in chapter 1, verse 13. He says, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. And so that's Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. So he's taken us out of one kingdom, the domain of darkness, into the domain of light. That means we are, we are no longer children of Satan under the power of Satan. We are children of God. And so there are certain behaviors, there's a certain lifestyle that comes from that. If the Lord took us out of something, if he took us out of the under the control of Satan, if he took us away from the control of the world, the control of sin, if he took us away from that, then it's not for us to fall up under that domain again. It means it's, it's not for us <clears throat> to be under control of that wicked influence again, the power of sin, the power of Satan. It's not for us to be to fall up under that again. And that's why uh, in, in, uh, I think it's either Peter talks about how um, if he's uh, if, if he's entangled in the world and overcome after hearing the gospel of the Lord Yeshua, he says he's worse off at the end than that was, he was at the beginning. It would have been better for him not to know the way than to have known it and turn his back on the sacred commandment. Um, that's actually Hebrews, rather. Um, and so this is, the, um, this is what you and I are obligated to do. We're obligated to come out from among them and to separate, to leave the kingdom of darkness for good and all that's in it and live as children under the kingdom of light. And unfortunately, what you have is most people, most Christians try to play it both ways. They try to be citizens of both kingdoms. You, they, you try to, you know, uh, dabble a little bit in the, in the kingdom of darkness and, you know, dabble in the kingdom of light a little bit. You want to play both sides of the fence. Um, well, <clears throat> that's never acceptable in any way. And we find example after example of this over and over throughout the scriptures of um, people who try to have it both ways. And ultimately, it never works out well. Um, we have to choose one or the other. And this is what, what, the, what the Lord demands of us. Uh, choose ye this day who you will serve. Um, it, you know, Joshua, at the end of his life, talks about that. If you're going to serve the gods of the land, then serve the gods of the land. He says, but for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And so you find an example, you find example after example of people who try to play both sides of the fence. And I just want to look at two examples real quick. Um, I want to look at the example of Jonathan in 1 Samuel. Uh, Jonathan is David's best friend 
in 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 17. 1 Samuel 23, 17. Here he is. Um, Saul has been trying to kill David for years now. He's been chasing. In fact, Saul chased David for, I think it's for a number of years, for many years. Um, and so where is Jonathan? The Bible says that Jonathan knit, the soul of Jonathan was knit to David. And David loved, uh, David, David, uh, Jonathan loved David. Even as his, even as his own, uh, as his own soul, you find that in. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, in First Samuel. First uh, Samuel 18, as soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father. Now, David is a picture of Christ, right? He's a picture of the Lord Yeshua. He's the, he's the ancestor of the Lord Yeshua. He says, then verse 3, then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David and his armor, and even his sword, and his bow, and his belt. And so is, it, that's, a, that's a picture of, in a, in, a, in a way, giving his life to David. He gave everything that he had, his best, to David, which is a picture of, of us giving ourselves to Christ. But then what you find is, is that Saul, who is jo uh, Jonathan's father, um, the Lord had left him. So you have David, who's filled with the Spirit, who's a picture of Messiah. Then you have Saul, who's a picture of of the antichrist of, of an antichrist who the holy who the holy spirit has left right the holy spirit has left him <clears throat> and so Jonathan tries to play both sides and so he says in first in sir samuel 23:15 uh David is running and he's in a cave and so he says 23:17 and David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life David was in the wilderness of Ziph at Horesh and Jonathan, Saul's son, rose and went to David at Horish and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, do not fear for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel and I shall be next to you. Saul, my father, also know, knows this. And the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. David remained at Horish and Jonathan went home. So it's like, you see, Jonathan, he's like, oh, so you go to David, you try to make reaffirm the covenant, but then you're going back home to Saul, who's persecuting and fighting against the will of God. So that's like, it's, it's a, it's a double-minded thing. On the one hand, you want to be with David and make a covenant with David, but then you want to go back home to Saul, who the Lord is not with. And so Jonathan coming to David in the cave and promising loyalty to David, and then going back to Saul is a picture of how we go to church on Sundays and go to Bible studies on Sunday, on, on Wednesdays, and try to do Christian activity. And then we go back to live like the world uh, the rest of the week, the rest of the time. So we go to church on Sundays, and then we go to Bible study throughout the week. But then after that, we go right back to living like the world. And that's like what Jonathan did. Jonathan went to David, who was a picture of the Messiah, who was, who was a, a, a forefather of Christ. 
<clears throat> but then he went back to the Antichrist, to an Antichrist, Saul, who was fighting against the will of God, fighting against the man that God had appointed, fighting against the kingdom of God. And so this is a picture of us going back and forth. Saul became an Antichrist by fighting against the kingdom of God, fighting against David, who was a picture of Christ. Even Saul killed the priests of God in 1 Samuel 22 through 24 and 22. So um, the bottom line is, is that Jonathan was not willing to live a life of suffering with David. He was wanting to, he, you know, that means a life. He didn't want to sacrifice with David. He didn't want to live that life of, of suffering uh, as you resist the, uh, the Antichrist forces that Saul represented. He did not want to live that life. He didn't want to stay with David and suffer with David. Um, and, you know, and, and that's what the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2, verse 12. That's the, because that's the requirement. The requirement is for us, if we're going to reign with Yeshua, we have to suffer with him. 2 Timothy chapter 2, he says in verse 11, the saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we also will reign with him. In other words, if uh, the NASB is a better translation here, so if we suffer with him, we also will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful. And so if we suffer with him, we will reign with him. That's the condition. In this life, we must suffer, period. You're going to suffer doing the right thing. There are going to be people who are going to pick on you. There are going to be people who are going to reject you. There are going to be people who are going to say ugly things about you. You're not going to be invited to, you're not going to be invited over to the gatherings. You're not going to be, and this is, I'm talking about people who are Christians, people who say that they know the Lord. This is what they're going to do, you know, and from the world. You're going to have people who are meaty, who are lukewarm, mediocre Christians who are going to pick on you, who are going to reject you, who are not going to accept you, don't want you. Um, you're going to go through difficulties and hardships and struggles because the one, if anybody who wants to live a godly life in Christ is going to suffer persecution. And, if, and, and, if, if, uh, and he who suffers in the body ceases from sin. So if we're going to stop sinning, you're going to have to suffer. And that's the requirement. If you're going to suffer with him, we will also reign with him. Second Timothy 2.12. But Jonathan was not willing to suffer with David. And that's why he didn't reign with David. You see, it wasn't so much, oh, Jonathan's line would get in the way of David. No, that's not it. Because David would never have allowed Jonathan to be killed. He would never have done that. But the bottom line is, is that Jonathan was not willing to suffer with David, the picture of Christ. Therefore, he was not able to rule with David. You see, then that's a picture of us. When we don't want to suffer with the Lord, we're not going to rule with the Lord. It's just as simple as that. And uh, yes, he helped David. Sure, Saul, uh, Jonathan helped David escape uh, Saul. Um, you know, and he did, and, and Saul did throw uh, a spear at Jonathan for helping um, David. But after that, he, he, he would not separate himself from Saul. Jonathan would not separate himself from Saul, who was a picture of an antichrist fighting against the will of God, fighting against the man of God, fighting against the kingdom of God, the kingdom that God was trying to establish. And so he, uh, Jonathan was not full, willing to fully separate himself uh, from Saul. Uh, he was not willing to stand with David, who God was with. 
Um, and for that, that's why Jonathan ended up dying, because that's what happens when you align yourself with ungodly antichrist forces, whether it's TV, movies, whether it's people, places and things, whatever that thing is, whatever it is, whoever it is, um, when you align yourself with the kingdom of darkness, what's going to happen is death. That's what the Bible says. For the wages of sin is what? Is death. When I align, that means the wages of sin. That means when I'm working for sin, when I'm working for sin, what is my payment? My payment is death. That's the payment I get. If I work for sin, if I work to do the wrong thing, if I work to do what displeases God, if I'm working for sin, the payment for that sin is death, just like a job. If I work any job, I get wages. I get a payment, right? I get a check. I work at now Gaston Health and Rehab now, right? If, if I, uh, if I, if I uh, the, the, the payment I get from my job, I get a wage for working my job, money, right? The same thing here. If I'm working for sin, if I'm doing the things that God does not like, the things that he wants me to separate from, if I'm working for that, the payment that I'm going to get is death. God is going to take my life. And that's what happened to Jonathan. You see another example of this quickly in Matthew and um, I'm sorry, in um, the instance of Ananias and Sapphira in Acts of the Apostles. Acts of the Apostles and chapter 5. And this is, again, another example of people trying to play both sides of the fence. Um, he says, but he says in Acts chapter 5, verse 1, but a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property and with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only part of it, a part of it and laid it at the apostles feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the lamb? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not under your disposal? Why is it? that you have uh, contrived this deed in your heart. You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last, and great fear came over, uh, came upon all who heard it. The young man rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his, uh, after an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, tell me, whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. But Peter said, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell at his uh, feet and breathed her last. And when the young men came in, they found her dead and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband and great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard these things. Now, why is it that they died? They died because what they were trying to do was they they were trying to get a reputation as being a wholehearted believer while not being a wholehearted believer. See, money is a picture of your life. How you, how you know what a person is like, whether they love the Lord or not, is what they do with their money. It's clear. It's evident. If a, if a person loves the Lord, it's going to show up in how they spend their money, period, because the way that they spend their money is going to be for the glory of the Lord. 
If it's not, for, if, if they're spending their money on just getting, getting, getting for themselves, you know they don't love the Lord because the people who love the Lord, their money goes to the Lord and to the Lord's people. Right. And so this is this is a picture of them trying to hold back part of their life from God while trying to get a reputation as being of God. And that's what you have so much of. We want a reputation for being uh, of the Lord, but then we don't want to live a wholehearted lifestyle. We don't want to live a a life of wholeheartedness towards the Lord, as as uh, David uh, told um King Solomon, when he was during the transfer of power, he says that you serve the Lord with wholehearted devotion and a willing mind. That's what the Lord wants for us, a wholehearted, a wholeheartedness to follow the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, with all of our mind. And um, and when we don't do that, all we're all we're doing really is just hypocriting. All we're doing is just be acting. That's all you're doing. You're just acting. And the Lord did not want people acting in his church. He wants people who are wholehearted. And so in order for us to be wholehearted, we have to, as uh, Colossians 1.10 says, he says, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. That's how he wants us to be, a life where we are fully pleasing to him. Because in the end, if we try to play both sides of the fence, if you try to have the world and have God too, if you try to act, it's just like people who are Freemasons and they're deacons in the church or, you know, people who are are, or the pastor of the church or people who are, you know, um, you know, LGBT in the background, any kind of sin. If you're cheating on your wife, you know, whatever, whatever kind of thing it is, whatever, it doesn't matter what it is. If you're living, if you and I are living a double life, in the end, God is going to kill us, just like he allowed Jonathan to be killed, just like he allowed Ananias and Sapphira to be killed, just like he allowed many other people to be killed. Just like that. The Lord will not tolerate double-mindedness. It's going to be found out for what it is. So we have to repent of that. We have to live lives that are fully pleasing to the Lord. We have to be wholehearted in our devotion to the Lord and entrusting ourselves entirely to the Lord. That means offering ourselves, Romans 12, 1, offering ourselves to him as a living sacrifice, um, entrusting ourselves to him who judges justly. First Peter and um, first Peter. He says. Um, when he was reviled. He made no threats. He says, but instead he kept entrusting himself to him who judges justly. And that and that's what you and I have to do. We have to continue in every way to entrust ourselves to him who has judged who, who uh, judges justly. To walk in the fear of God, to be totally separate to him. Um I wanna find that verse. I wanna find that verse. Really quick. Trust him. First Peter chapter two. There it is. Okay. First Peter chapter two and verse twenty-two. 
He says, he committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. And when he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live how? Live to righteousness. And that's what it is. You know, at the end of the day, we were called just for that. We were called to be to die to sin, to live to righteousness. The Lord God of heaven has transferred you and me from the domain of darkness and into the kingdom of light. Therefore, we need to walk as children of the light, period. Hate darkness, love light. Hate wickedness, love righteousness. And, that's, and that is how we fully give ourselves over to the Lord without any reservations. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word, Lord. Help us to entrust ourselves entirely into your hands. We don't want to play the fence. We don't want to be double-minded, halfway serving you, halfway living for the world. Because the wages of sin is death. It is death, Lord, because we see the examples in your word. Help us, Father, to hate what is evil, to love what is good. You said, if we deliberately go on sinning, there remains no more sacrifice for sins left. Lord, we want to follow you and hate evil and love good. To your name be the glory both now and forever. We praise you in your holy name, Yeshua. Amen.